0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday. Uh, today I have Anand here with Zoho, and you guys have probably heard about the company, but without further ado, I'd love to see if he could uh, introduce his company and some of the exciting stuff that they're working on, on over there lately.
1: Great, Andy, thanks for the opportunity. and. Uh... Uh, Zoho is very keen to partner uh, with many of you, uh, your customers, and see how we can add value to them. To introduce Zoho, you know, uh, Zoho offers software products that helps businesses address uh, a wide range of business issues, from customer management to financial management to people management, through 50 plus products. Uh, we have about 90 million users globally. Yeah, it's 90 million, with about 600,000 paying customers who trust their business with us, right? So uh, what is interesting about the way Zoho approaches is uh, there is a fundamental shift in the way that businesses are run today. You know, we don't live in silos anymore and businesses are tired of systems that don't talk to each other. And, you know, executives uh, of today uh, deal with some range of business issues from managing sales to managing people and managing profitability. They want a solution that kind of integrates seamlessly and gives them a, a unified view of where their businesses are headed. Now, that's where Zoho stands out practically for every business function, be it HR management, be it, be it sales management, be it uh, you know, customer support. We have solutions that helps them address their business challenges effectively. Right? So all these 50 apps work seamlessly. No more data silos and no more wasted efforts of patching between product A and B, and then, you know, there is a breakage of data. So that's where uh, we are able to bring in tremendous value to our customers across segments, across industries, pretty much every country in the world. And that's where we stand. But the second most important thing that we want our customers uh, and our prospective customers to know is that Zoho cares a lot for data security and privacy. We have been very vocal about it. This is not today. This has been more than a decade that uh, Sridhar Rainbow, our CEO, has been very vocal that we would not use customer data to monetize. We will not monitor our customers. And so security and privacy is uh, something that we are very, very conscious about. And that's like a North Star metric for each of our product that gets shipped. And that's something that's really valuable, particularly in a world where there are a lot of trackers uh, set in the products. like. So businesses know what you're doing and they can monitor your performance, monitor your business processes uh, and, you know, can monetize them. But we are very, very focused on giving that security and privacy. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we are a solution provider that could help enhance the productivity of our customers without compromising on security and privacy. And that, that I think is something we're very proud of.
0: Yeah, it's a huge trend these days. Um, I just interviewed the uh, CEO of Ad Zapier. They're really focused on privacy as a as a business, um, and you know it's great that you guys are uh, putting that at the forefront as well too for your company. Um, it's it's funny. Yeah, some, there's a recent AI tool that came out, and uh, somebody <laughs> was using it, and they asked like, "Hey, do you know where, yeah. I, where I am?" And yeah. the AI tool is trained to say, "No, I don't." And then it says, "Where's <laughs> the nearest McDonald's?" The guy said, and it said, "Oh, it's just a block away from you." And he said, "Hey, I yeah. thought you said you didn't know where I was." So. You don't know what to do this going these days, so it's good to have that as a priority. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So tell us more about your role over there at uh, Soho, and where did you get to where you're at today? Um, How did your career path get started?
1: Well, yeah, I focus on revenue growth initiatives across Soho, and uh, uh, my role here is to find new avenues of growth, whether it is cross-sell and upsell or Uh, rolling rolling out our affiliate programs and uh, working with the ISV ecosystem across the world. We work very closely with each and every ISV partner. And uh, so my role primarily is to uh, get more revenue streams added to Zoho and make them scale, right? So, but what got me here is interesting question. Um, So I'm a a, a financial uh, professional by training. And in the first job that I took in an aluminum manufacturing uh, plant, you know the dusty plants. Okay. So my my uh, CEO would ask me to always tell me behind the numbers what is happening. So he would not allow me to say this is the PL, this is our forecast. He would say, "Did you go to the shop floor? Do you know what is happening there? Do you know how aluminum is produced?" So we used to go, and you know that got me really interested in knowing. Uh, go beyond numbers to see what happens on the ground. So it's it's always fascinating to see how uh, the businesses are run, what drives customers to buy, what drives productivity, what drives cost savings. So that got me really interested into the business and the commercial side of things. And I know one led to the other, and, and here I am. So, yeah.
0: oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good journey there. Um, I I totally agree. I you know I, I really appreciate especially when executives get to the front lines because sometimes. It, you know, sometimes you just see a bunch of reports, uh, you know, even data doesn't really make sense unless you get there and you actually talk to your customers and you actually understand what's going on on the ground um, or the virtual ground, if you will, too, right? So, you know, I think it was the Starbucks CEO recently that actually went to go serve at the drive-thrus <laughs> just to kind yeah. of see the operations were on the ground, Absolutely. right?
1: Absolutely,
0: yes. Yeah, yes. so it's something way different than uh, getting a report than to uh, actually see it live yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Great path to growth there. So you guys are big on partner-led growth over there, I would imagine. Correct?
1: Absolutely, yes, and uh, yeah. So for our approach towards uh, partner-led uh, growth is driven uh, through you know four or five different kinds of partnerships. I'll focus on the primary ones which are very interesting. The first and foremost is collaborating with ISVs. You know, some of those ISVs could be our competitors, but uh, the philosophy that uh, I uh, focus on is compete yet collaborate okay with giving customers a choice say for example uh we we compete with product a in the crm space but our customers are comfortable using our disk which is our ticketing management tool with a preferred crm of their choice it's it's our responsibility to give them the freedom to choose what they want Mm -hmm. and you know so we are very focused on collaborating we collaborate with about 500 Uh, ecosystem partners from very large ones in the world to the smallest ones operating out of say a country in Africa, but they are our customers, they need the telephony vendor to be integrated with our CRM. So we go all out to partner uh, with with the ISV ecosystem and that's a two way street, you know, we promote them, they promote us and that's one great way we acquire customers. Uh, Second is uh, influencers and affiliate partners. You know, influencers have a great role to play uh, in in educating customers on how to, uh, you know, consider the options that are there in front of them, how to decide on which one is good over the other. And so we work very closely with influence. We educate the influence. We help them uh, promote our products uh, the right way, you know. uh, And therefore, a lot of our focus is on creating those avenues for them to learn about our products, give an authentic review out there and let the customers choose. So influencers and affiliate partners is, is one second really important thing. Uh, the third one is the reseller partners, particularly when markets where access is difficult for us due to, say, linguistic challenges or sometimes the socioeconomic right. fabric is not good enough for us to set up our own uh, part, uh, no, uh, offices we rely a lot on our reseller partners and they are our wheels to the market. And they work with us very closely. They help us uh, you know, nurture the message that we want to give that suits to that region. And the last but not the least is uh, customization and implementation partners. And they are the most important ones of all for us because they are the ones who are going to help our customers get the maximum value through our products. So they do a top quality implementation And the customers are able to see the real value. So the stickiness of the customer comes through how well they use the products. And so implementation partners are are really good. And and many a times, we know, for, for example, for every $1 we make in the early years of our customer journey with us, our partners make $5. And we are very comfortable with it. We want them to do well. We want them to make more. So the ecosystem should grow along with this and will automatically be taken care of if the ecosystem is happy. So yeah, partner-led growth is something that we're very, very uh, focused on. And uh, yeah, that's giving us tremendous results.
0: That's great. Yeah, rising tide lists all boats, right? So I love your guys' strategy of making it a win-win for you and your partners. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a key for partner-led growth. Uh, what other kind of tips would you offer for, uh, say, a startup that's looking to build a a, partners, a partnership strategy that they can uh, that can scale with them as their business grows.
1: Oh, uh, see, I think one important thing is to uh, have the influencer network well mapped out. Okay, okay. The, it's it, you can come up with great content yourself. You can uh, really have a fantastic website. You can have great documentation, but they always want someone else who is an authentic reviewer of your product and okay. someone who can talk about your products with. Uh, a domain authority, right? So it's really important for uh, companies to map those influencers, engage with them, educate them, and then you know they would be helping us talk, uh, you know, promote our products in the right way, as I said. So that's something that I think is really important. The second thing is uh, what we call as uh, the virality coefficient of of uh-huh. the apps, right? So how many of your customers are referring new customers? that's a great metric in my view that tells uh, your customers are happy about uh, what they are uh, getting from uh, from you as a software vendor right so uh, how we can engage with customers how happy they are how we can help them promote uh, our products so that's something that so a conscious effort to listen to customers what ails them you know in using a product and how we can help them get that satisfaction and then kind of be shameless in requesting them to promote us because if they are happy, most of our customers say, why not? I get tremendous value and I would be, so, and the third way could be co-marketing with uh, industry peers, as I said, build the top class integration with the ecosystem, travel along with your ecosystem partners. I think those two or three things would be a great way, Uh, you know, instead of paying through the nose to acquire some leads, Uh, through uh, digital marketing, you can do these things. This would be organic and this would be a sustained growth. That's how Zoho has always grown.
0: That's a great point. Yeah, because most software, I mean, now that I work at a B2B SaaS marketplace, I hear about all the great stuff out there, of course. But uh, mostly, you know, I've discovered software in the past through word of mouth, right? So it's happy customers of a product that they're using. So if I say I have a problem, I need a CRM system, you know, they'll recommend Zoho. Or some other company, right? So it's very yeah. important to be to have a high net promoter score with with your audience and really make sure that they're engaged with the product, they love it, and you know they're willing to recommend it to other people. And I, I love the point that you make about asking for the referral as well, too, right? A lot of people, yeah. you know, A lot of people yeah. make the mistake they don't even ask. <laughs> you know, yeah. Absolutely. It's not that yeah. much just to ask them. If they don't want to do it, great. If if they do, even yeah. better for you, so. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, very good point. Yeah.
0: Great. Uh, so what other growth uh, hack, SaaS uh, growth hack tips do you have uh, for this year do you think are kind of trendy? Say if you're a, an early stage startup trying to get your initial customers, what would you recommend for them?
1: Well, if I, I think the first thing in my view is uh, how we can uh, find a way to uh, offer some top-class onboarding experience, right? So uh, you can always Excellent. get your customers... Uh, always get your customers to sign up to your product. That, that's only one part of the uh, long journey that you have with the customers. So a great onboarding experience is, is going to be something that they really need to work on, right? So uh, what is important is how you can find a way to do that. The, the second thing is uh, I see that verticalization as a process is becoming more and more important. Uh, gone are the days where horizontal apps, which, can do, uh, which is like a plain vanilla, you know people are moving to say can you help me solve the problem that's very specific to my industry i don't want to waste time finding a consultant doing a customization and then an implementation so people want verticalization as, as one uh, really important uh, uh, you know uh, solution that we want to offer so yeah if we can focus on that plus a great onboarding experience together i think we'll uh, that would give them the real acquisition because Uh, when you focus on micro markets and you can talk the language that resonates with that market say for example you're going after a salon and spark industry to to give a specific solution if you engage with them to talking about their business problems and how they go about solving them and give them the tool they're they're more than happy and generally there is uh, this great uh, herd mentality that happens you get few customers from a vertical the word spreads and Acquiring the next hundred would be a lot more easier. So verticalization, I see, is something that you don't have to fundamentally change the product. You need to do some fine tuning, reorient your messaging, and I think that'll make a big difference, uh, particularly in difficult times like these.
0: I agree. Yeah, especially in the early stages too. I mean, onboarding can make or break a company. Um, so what what tips? I guess getting a customer is one thing, but keeping them and engaged with the product and using it is you know is another. Uh, So what kind of tips would you offer for a company that's looking to uh, optimize their onboarding and ensure that every new customer lead that comes in actually uses the product and sticks around?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a very good question. Actually, you know, how do you make them stay with you for a long period of time? Uh, We talked about this before. Uh, In our view, implementation partners, the ecosystem Mm -hmm. partners, they play a very important role. So how we empower them to uh, go and uh, tailor the solution to the customer needs. And therefore, you know, make sure that the onboarding experience is top-notch and they are able to get maximum value in the shortest possible lead time. We have something called as a hyper-care window, a first 21 days of a customer, uh, you know, moving to a paid uh, subscriber mode, right? Those 21 days are super critical. In fact, we have people who are assigned to talk to these customers almost twice a week or thrice a week and there are personal email IDs that are shared to say, write to this person if you want. And they work with, in, in a company like Zoho, where there are 50 apps, there is still one onboarding person. And so that person makes sure that uh, everything that they need, the customers need, to make sure that they get a very good start, that's something super critical. Partners and onboarding managers, they play a very important role. The second thing is, what we have learned is um, if you have uh, a customer was using a product along with, let's say, five or six other uh, apps in the ecosystem through an integration. So if you build strong integrations, you can see this as, as a tree with a lot of roots. Okay, Those roots are integrations with the ecosystem partners. Those integrations, if they are already there in your product, when the customer is able to use the product in conjunction with those five or six, it's very difficult for them to uproot Uh, because they need to find a new product. Those products should have those integrations available. There's going to be a lot of breakage. And so, uh, in fact, Zoho offers our own solutions. That's our USP. But we, as I said, we compete and collaborate with our ecosystem. So we encourage our customers to choose what they want. And so that's the second thing that we see is a great way to retain customers. Uh, The third and most important thing is show the human side of your company you know that's very important and uh, the brand connect the connect with the ethos of the company is super critical you know uh, we follow uh, what we call as a transnational localism through this what we have done is we have got customer support executives in africa in u.s in middle east they speak their language they're present out there the customers can walk into an office and see a human face that builds huge trust they are not talking to uh, uh, you know an automatic answering machine or they are not talking to chatbots you know no. we are moving away from that to this human side and that brings in a tremendous connect you know our ability to retain customers is primarily driven by the human side of Zoho that we keep exposing
0: yeah, that's a great point. You know, when everybody moves right, you go left. So a lot of people <laughs> are trying to adopt more uh, more automation strategies these these days, which which is good in some regards, but it, a lot of people overdo it. So you yeah, know, a, lot, a lot of companies now and you know salespeople are looking to go back to that human element, right? So uh, a big strategic fa- advantage I've seen for a lot of companies, exactly to your point, is that they bring back the human element, and you know you bring in some bring in some faces there, get people to interact with people live, and it's a lot more. It it goes a lot a lot further uh, in the sales process for winning customers over and, and uh, making them feel comfortable with your product and excited to use it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes. Uh, so, what other kind of companies do you see that are that have a great customer retention strategy? What makes, it, well, makes them so great at it? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, well, if you if you look at it, some top of the mind examples could be Atlassian is a great example. You know, what started out with, with Jira as a, as a you know, software lifecycle management solution, they really understood the developer requirements, the, the, the developer community's requirements and those software product companies requirements, and they've gone on to add more services. They got in Trello into it, then they got the Bitbucket into it, then they got the Confluence into it. What that led to is they are able to address multiple problems of their customers you know, through one consolidated solution. That's a very powerful value proposition. When when that happens, the customers are uh, able to get tremendous value uh, from uh, Atlassian. And and, uh, that makes it that much more difficult for them to uh, move away from Atlassian. Because it's difficult to find an alternate vendor who can actually help you address. And they've built a beautiful platform. That platform is open for people to uh, build their own customizations and integrations right so what it has led to I think I could from uh, I could see a great growth that they have had in the last uh, five to ten years it's primarily driven by the ability to understand their customers really well add product adjacencies and that kind of helps them hold on to a customer by delivering tremendous value you know not by using some contractual terms to yeah. bind them down but truly adding value to the customers I think they're a great example. I could see service now is, is another example. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what? So with companies like that, with a lot of value to offer, a lot of customers might come in for one particular problem. Uh, what Absolutely. would you recommend for company companies that maybe have multiple products or multiple value propositions to, you know, better help serve that that customer when they're coming in for a specific need, and and then eventually, how do you onboard them to all of your other solutions afterwards? Oh,
1: but it's a, it's a great question. So uh, as I said, our onboarding. Uh, team the role of the onboarding team is to talk business they yeah. are not here to demonstrate the product so yeah. how we train those onboarding teams is ask them the right questions how are the customers using our tool what is the problem they're trying to solve how are they doing the marketing automation how are the marketing automation and CRM talks to each other how CRM and your support tools talk to each other so once you it's like peeling the onion once you go to the root of the issue then we know that the customer has these problems also that needs to be addressed, right? Or they we realize that they are using some other tool. Maybe it's too expensive. They don't have to do. They can. They figure out themselves that hey, Zoho. I think you have an uh, e-sign solution. So I don't want to use vendor A. I can use Zoho CRM along with Zoho Sign. Then they realize we have a, a, a ticketing management solution for customer support. So then they add. So automatically those adjacencies come into play, provided. We know what the customer's business is and what they're trying to solve for. So I think that's the real uh, value that we should bring to the customers. Then cross-sell is a cakewalk. That's, yeah. that's our experience, actually.
0: Uh, that's a great point. Well, it sounds like you guys got to dial in. <laughs> um, you know, Obviously highlighted by your guys' growth, you know, I've used a lot of your products in the past myself too. Um, right. So what other kind of growth tips would you recommend for early stage startups that are looking to grow? Um, You you did mention a few earlier, but do you have anything else that you might want to share with our audience?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, performance marketing is something that they need to focus on. It could be through uh, referral networks we talked about, uh, peer-to-peer customer referrals we can talk about, influences we can talk about. That's something that's very critical because that gives a sustained way to acquire customers and grow. Okay, and that's something uh, really important. The second thing is, um, you know, focus on cross-sell and upsell, And that comes with a deeper customer engagement. Uh, And so uh, how good is your uh, customer community engagement? So how do you run your communities? How do you listen to your customers? Uh, In fact, I would uh, read most of the support tickets myself just to know what the customer is saying what has been the pain point how are we addressing them so listening to the customers understanding the problems building that ecosystem of a community that supports each other i think those are small things which we can do in a sustained way that could have a much longer impact you know it's great to quickly raise some capital and put some money on uh, acquiring leads but it's so difficult to you know make it sustainable and scalable and these measures in my view and I, I talked about ecosystem partnerships we need to i mean those uh, who are our ecosystem partners and how do we engage with them how do we travel along with them to solve customer problems you know those mindsets that if we bring in which are all you know sustained they won't give you uh, uh, an impact next quarter but in three quarters you will see that it's going to give a sustained impact that's something that i would say that they should focus on yeah,
0: that's a great uh, that's a great point. What stood out to me was sustained, right? It's the it's uh, you know maybe you're putting in more work, reading the emails, and seeing what your customers are actually saying, and heck, even having conversations with them. But um, I mean, anybody could look at a report and see what the data says. But I you know I feel like the qualitative uh, the qualitative feedback you get from just listening to your customers and actually having a Absolutely. conversation with them uh, goes so far because you could see the emotions in it too, right? It's not just data yeah. on, on a yeah. sheet. You actually see are they excited about this or are they can, are they confused? Yeah. You know, I even love going to events and doing like pitches to people. Right. And so I'll kind of work on pitching the product from different angles and see like what people react to. And like, you know, when, when do their eyes glaze over or when are they lean yeah. in, like really excited to hear, hear more about your products? So uh, stuff like that is, you know, very, very powerful. I believe I noticed that you didn't mention advertising at all. Um, you know, uh, would you like to elaborate on that?
1: You no, know, we do some advertising, but we are very conscious that uh, if we are to acquire customers by uh, by buying, uh, you know, ads, uh, ad spaces, then we have a fundamental problem. That yeah. could be one of the means to acquire, but if that's the, the primary uh, means to acquire customers and acquire leads, then we have a fundamental problem uh, because the value proposition is not getting communicated well enough. That's the way we see it. So advertising is important. I wouldn't say no, but can it give a sustained, scalable, profitable model? I would always say uh, no. You need to have a much wider, broad-based approach to acquiring leads. And uh, that, that's that's the way, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like your guys' approach. It's more organic, right? And that's, you know, especially Absolutely. for startups, that's always the best way to, you know, obviously, yeah. guys are even past that, and you still use that methodology. But Advertising is okay if you really have everything nailed, it could scale what you do, but you know nothing beats organic growth. Uh, actually, you know, hand-holding those, those customers through the process, uh, winning them over one by one, uh, that allows you to build a company from there. Um, I guess failure comes with any profession. Um, have you ever had a moment where you failed and what did you learn from it?
1: Well, yeah, uh, it's a good question also. So I think before coming to Zoho, uh, a couple of other assignments I was doing. One of them was I co-founded a business consulting service uh, where we were doing management consulting for our customers. Uh, So we did very well. We got about 40 resources uh, with a a good presence. But what led to uh, me to rethink was, you know, uh, services business is not scalable. Scalable solutions are when you are able to come out with a solution that multiple customers could use uh, you know parallelly and and that gives you the power to scale so for me the biggest learning is always look for solutions that can scale okay mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so uh, f- uh, that's why i love product companies you know you get your product right once
0: right.
1: The, you're automatically taken care of and your focus is on enhancing the product but you're going to get your revenues coming in and uh the, and particularly a SaaS kind of products that's the biggest advantage once you have your customers in If you're doing a great job of customer experience management, uh, you can have the revenue streams coming in and you can focus on the 2.0 of the product or getting the adjacent products in place so you can actually add more value, add more revenue. So the biggest learning for me is, yeah, look to uh, find solutions that can really scale and uh, not some things that's like a chicken and egg problem. You have either resources who are sitting idle or your projects, but you don't have resources, you know. So, yeah, that, that was my biggest learning.
0: Yeah, I've been there before too myself. I uh, had an agency back in the day, you know, a lot of great clients, big clients and all that, but everybody wanted to work with me. And so it's hard to like build a team, yeah. and build like a, a service-based yeah. business when it was mostly strategic consulting, you know? And yes. so I found that really, really hard. Nice. And I'm like, well, I uh, had yeah. to get into more product uh, product development because I could take my ideas, you know, put that into the product and the product can actually scale, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely, Absolutely. definitely yeah. with that model. Yeah. Uh, so what's next for Zoho over the next five years?
1: Well, I think uh, one important thing that we see uh, is uh, there is a significant upmarket momentum. You know, Today, as we speak, there is a, a PR that went out today. We have had a 65% CAGR uh, in the upmarket uh, globally uh, momentum. And so a lot of our customers are seeing the value of what integrated solutions can bring, even at scale, right? So uh, our largest customer is about 50,000 users plus and they are using a suite of our apps that includes collaboration tools to customer management tools uh to, to other uh you know developer tools so the, the the biggest momentum that we see coming is uh, uh we have focused heavily towards upmarket and we are uh, building our ecosystem partners who can support us with that upmarket momentum we're building up product as platforms so they can come and integrate customize extend you know so uh, we are from a product side we are addressing that from the ecosystem side we are addressing that and we are building uh, uh, you know the, the complete ecosystem of solutions that we can go and take it to our customers and say hey you know here is where a solution that can address uh, your customer management needs your operations needs and your collaboration requirements under one roof and so no more data silos No more concerns around how do I build complex integrations that would keep breaking every month because there is some change in the other product, right? So, yeah, Mm -hmm. upmarket momentum is something that's really coming. Second thing we see is verticalization, right? You know, I talked about this some time back as well. Uh, We see the next wave of growth is going to come through verticalization. And we are very focused on vertical-specific offerings. And when I say offerings, there would be... uh, End-to-end offerings, from acquiring customers to managing customers to supporting customers, and you know the entire suite of apps that are needed for them to run businesses. It could be uh, verticals uh, across spectrum, say as I said, salon spa, kind of businesses. You know, so verticals is something that we are going to be focused on. And last but not the least, we talked about uh, transnational localism. We are very focused on that, and we want we as close to our customers as possible that gives them the trust, that gives them the confidence that here is a company that I can trust my business with because there is someone I can put a face to, uh, you know, and uh, I can engage. Yeah, so exciting times, uh, tremendous opportunities like that for us.
0: And, you know, the people that have local relationships, there are no name out there. They Absolutely. know the local customs and and uh, you know how to integrate properly. <laughs> Um, cause yeah. it's nothing worse than a lot of American companies do this. They try to break into other markets and like, Hey, we're Americans, you know, and everybody's like, well, you don't get our customs. You don't even speak, you don't even write yeah. this correctly. Um, That's so <laughs> it's I'm glad, glad to see you guys doing that. But, uh, yeah, once again, Anand, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, you know, really appreciate it. I learned a lot myself and I'm sure everybody else is watching this and will continue to watch this as we share and promote it. Uh, we'll continue to uh, learn a lot from this. So. Uh, Once again, thanks. And uh, everybody that's watching this uh, episode today, take a look at uh, Zoho's suite of products. Uh, It's a one-stop shop that they're building over there. So uh, check them out today in our uh, B2B SaaS marketplace. Uh, We have uh, great discounts available for them. And uh, go take a look at them today and uh, start with one product that serves your needs. And uh, they have their onboarding team there to help you with anything else that might be able to um, help you going forward as your company continues to grow.
1: Excellent. Thanks for the opportunity. It was fantastic injecting
0: with you. Great. Thanks, Anand.